Hello, hello, my dear audience. Hello, my friends. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. Yes, today we are good. I have my air conditioner fixed, so it's nice and cool here. I have my ginger tea. I am ready. Are you ready? This is a live show. You're welcome to call with your comments and or questions. The number here to call is 888-874-4888. Again, 888-874-4888. Also, they emailed me from the studio and asked me to announce that if there are people who have trouble listening to us on internet because of poor internet connection, they can use listen live by phone number and that is 1641-793-7091. And of course, again, ladies and gentlemen, you can always email me if you didn't have the chance to call at drpeterresnik at gmail.com. D-R-P-E-T-E-R-R-E-Z-N as Nancy I-K at gmail.com. Dot com. If there are shows that you would like to listen to uh, from the past, you have access to them all. And by now I spoke about so many different issues uh, that people deal with in their lives, such as stress, anger, relationship conflicts, all different kinds of character traits that people uh, are challenged by which are problematic, we dealt with depression, anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, many, many, many subjects. It, it, this is uh, show number 130. So, uh, and I have a short write-up about each of these shows. So all you need to do is to go on prn.live, scroll down till you see, click for schedule with large capital letters click for schedule and then you find me there tuesday uh, 2 p.m and you will be able to find any show and listen from the start uh, i have these friends that i want to thank uh, gary maria stephen who send me emails to basically educate me about what's going on in the world it seems that they are more informed than I am. One of these emails uh, I received last week, I believe from Gary, was uh, a link to Andrew Tate being interviewed by Tucker Carlson. I never heard about Andrew Tate till I watched this interview. And wow, what an interview. Andrew Tate apparently is an American-British social media personality. He's a businessman and a former professional kickboxer. He began practicing kickboxing in 2005 and gained his first championship in 2009. What an incredible man, but not because he is a kickboxer, but because what he was talking about um, during this interview. I will not tell you what he was talking about, but for me, I listened to all two hours interview, and it was a good investment of my time, even though I don't have too much time to spare. 
it was a remarkable interview. Um, so you can just go on uh, YouTube and I guess click uh, right interview with Andrew Tate, T-A-T-E, uh, by Tucker Carlson. Now it's possible to access anything um, unless they decide, you know, who they decide to somehow choke it down and, and allow people to watch this video, which is everything is possible these days, uh, days of censorship. Um, but actually, as I was telling you this, about this link, something, a memory came to, to me that probably it would be, I think it would be interesting for you to hear. Uh, Lorraine, my friend Lorraine Neithart came to my mind. Uh, I, I saw Lorraine uh, probably for the first time more than 30 years ago. Yeah, definitely more than 30, maybe 32 years ago. I remember I was studying with Dr. Gerald Epstein. And at one point, he mentioned hermeticism. Uh, it's a philosophy, it's, it's an intellectual inquiry of the universe or, or, and understanding how universe works. And so he said to me, find the book written by three initiates, no author, just three initiates, called Kibalion, Introduction to Hermeticism. So he told it to me. And then my friend Lorraine came to see me. She was not my friend yet. She made an appointment uh, to see me for some problem. And as she was coming to see me, uh, maybe after three, four times, I realized that she was talking not about the problem that brought her to see me, but she was educating me about life. And at that time, though I knew about psychic phenomena, because, you know, my nephew Vladimir was a psychic from, from the age of four, but I wasn't too much into all this uh, psychic, listening to voices, to receiving messages. And so uh, she was educating, literally educating me uh, uh, about a psychic, psychic phenomena, transmission of thoughts. Um, I, I don't remember now what, but definitely she took part in my education, introducing me to the world of mysticism. And so after, I think after four sessions, I told her, listen, Lorraine, you come, you talk to me, you teach me, definitely it's beneficial to me, and then you write for me a check, you pay for our sessions. Why are you doing this? And she said to me, because I need to educate you. So I need to teach you to listen with your heart, to open your heart to the flow of consciousness. And when I know I am a psychic, I know that you will be able to help me when you get rid of your intellect and the garbage that you <laughs> received when you were getting your education. That was the story. And then, but that's not why I'm telling you this. Then she came to see me one time and she said she had a gift for me. 
She said, I was in a store and they say uh, who they, I didn't know, I didn't even ask because I was used to her saying they, you know, whatever, the guys. And she said, they say to me, buy this book for Peter Resnick. And I say to them, and who will pay for it? And they say, you will. And so she kind of was a little bit angry. Uh, and, but I'm thinking to myself, is she mentally ill? Somebody is telling her she hears voices or she's really a psychic. I wasn't sure at that moment. So she slams this nicely wrapped, obviously, a book on my, on my desk. And then we have a, another session. Again, it was a session of her educating me. And then she leaves my office after writing a check for me. And I open the gift. And there, there is Kibalion introduction to hermeticism. And I said, oh my God, <laughs> somebody is really trying to, to open my mind to this kind of phenomenon. So anyway, um, thank you, Gary, for sending me that link. Uh, it's just I wanted to share with you guys uh, this experience with Lorraine that I had. Anyway, back. let's go back now to the email that I received from Ricardo. I remember I told you I received an email and he asked me questions about entities from the other side, entities uh, that are non-human. Uh, and are there ways to communicate with them? Uh, I, uh, I can recall, I do, I'm not a specialist on these entities. I can just give you a little information that I have. Uh, I did not have personally experience with uh, those entities that come from the outside. I, I think I mentioned to you last week that I was trained by my teacher, Colette, who worked with possession. And I know how to work with possession. But again, unlike... Uh, uh, the church that believes possession comes from the outside, uh, we, Colette believed, and I kind of accepted this belief too, that possession comes from the inside. It's a splintered part of our personality uh, most of the time because of guilt. Uh, and and I worked with a number of people, I actually maybe tell you today of one experience I had. But before, I don't want to forget uh, about entities from outside of us. Uh, I know of one experience that many, many years ago, my, my nephew Vlad, uh, I probably like 20 years ago, if not more, had a friend who, who was quite wealthy and he was buying properties and he bought a property somewhere in Florida. And he said to Vlad, he called Vlad and said, listen, I will fly you to, to Florida do me and pay you, of course, for your time, uh, do me a favor. It's Something is going on. I bought this castle. It's an old structure. And I hear sometimes, and, and I slept, he said, a couple of times. And each time I hear some sounds, strange kind of um, noises. And I don't know what it is. And somebody told me that there are ghosts. So why don't you come and check this place out? So 
Vlad, and this, I'm telling you what Vlad told me, and I don't remember the whole story, but I remember what he, he said. He walked in, in this uh, building, uh, walked through rooms, and suddenly he said, like, like as if it's a holographic image, but it was quite clear. A woman was passing by uh, through a corridor, but it was obvious, like, you know, like in movies they show, he could see through her, and yet you, he clearly saw her. And she was carrying a wash basin, or whatever it's called, you know, like a tub with, with clothes in it. And, and, he, and, and she passed by, and their eyes met, and he said to her, what are you doing here? And she answered, what do you mean? I live here. So I, I don't remember now to, to, uh, to tell you what he actually did with her, whether he asked her to, to leave or guide her somewhere. I do not remember. Maybe I should call my nephew and next time I will tell you what, if he, he probably remembers what he did. But that was obviously uh, an entity, some kind of a spirit that believed that uh, she, it was a woman that she still was living alive. She got stuck here. Uh, I don't know. But I, it, now when I shared with you uh, this story, I definitely will call my nephew and ask him how this story unfolded. But I can tell you, because uh, Ricardo also asked me, what does your tradition, Judaism, teach about the spirits uh, or demons. I can tell you one story that, that I know, and it's a very famous story. It became known throughout uh, Europe in 17th century. Uh, and it's a story of, uh, it involves a go what is called golem. Golem is a man-made being looking like a human being so and it involves the rabbi of prague it's a very very famous rabbi in fact um in in the hebrew literature uh, there are books uh, written by maharal and sometimes i heard uh, my rabbi quote maharal's teachings so but be, the story goes about maharal who lived in 17th century in prague who reportedly created this creature out of the earth uh, on the banks of uh, Latava River and brought it to life through different rituals, Kabbalistic incantations, to defend Prague Jewish community from uh, attacks. And at that time, there was big tension um, I don't know who was pursuing the Jews, because somebody usually did. And they were plotting what they call pogroms, uh, but, but first they wanted to involve the, the government, and they were plotting something against the Hebrews, and to accuse them in something which I don't know. <clears throat> and it was very difficult for Maharal to to be everywhere where he needed to be and to get the evidence. So he created that creature 
and brought it to life. And that creature, apparently, that's the legend, and some believe it's not a legend, it's, it's a true event. In fact, uh, Maharal's, uh, I believe, son-in-law wrote a book about this golem and how, because he, in the book he wrote that he was assisting Maharal. So, and this creature, golem, uh, I believe they actually gave him a name. Uh, I think they gave him a name, Yosef. And this Yosef actually managed, he was undefeatable, he was powerful, nobody could stop him, nobody could hurt him. So he managed within a short period of time to run, to go to different places, collect evidence uh, supporting the Maharal's claim that this is a, a, a plot that whatever the Hebrews of Prague were accused of was not true, it was, was fabrication. And within a couple of days, literally, this uh, Yosef collected information, Maharal presented it to the mayor of, of town, and the Hebrews were spared. And then Maharal managed to pull life energy out of this creature, and the creature fell into pieces right in front of the synagogue. And then the body was, or the parts of this creature, which became really pieces of earth, were placed and stored in the attic of the Prague synagogue, where it's, the story goes, it's still there now. A rabbi forbade, forbade everyone except his successors from ever going into the attic. According to the legend, uh, that the, the, the bodies there now, the interesting thing that I learned now, not through uh, the book of the son-in-law of Maharal, but I believe I read it in the book of Maurice Berman, outstanding, incredible writer, science historian. I read I believe every one of his books, and every one is an incredible book. Uh, the first one is uh, uh, The Reenchantment of the World. I very much recommend. But I believe I read it in the book, his second book, Coming to Our Senses, that Adolf Hitler knew the story about the golem that was created, that creature and took it very seriously. He assigned a colonel of his army to guard the synagogue of Prague and to watch to make sure that nobody will go up to the attic. Now, you, as you know, when, when um, Nazis would go in any city, they would destroy the synagogues. And we know the Prague, main Prague synagogue is still there now. It was not destroyed, again, by the order of Hitler. And so the story is that nobody ever did go up to, to the attic. And the synagogue now, I, uh, I spoke to somebody actually who visited Prague synagogue. But so you can go around and see, it's not a huge structure, but 
there is no no access to the attic even now so another curious bit of information uh, is that in 17th century this story uh, oh, the, the story of the 17th century was quite known 200 years later in in Europe of 19th century and Mary Shelley who was married to a poet Percy Bysshe Shelley famous famous poet in in Britain um, once invited they both the couple invited Lord Byron who was the most famous poet of Britain and they they had a nice evening this this is already true 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 story they had a nice evening and and they started speaking about this creature that apparently was created 200 years ago and then Mary Shelley got a little tired excused herself and went to sleep and an hour later she woke up from a nightmare uh, and the nightmare was about the creature being put together by uh, a physician uh, not by some rabbi of course by a physician who became autonomous and destroyed its own creator and she told the story with passion and her husband said why don't you write this story up and now we all know the story about Frankenstein that's where the story comes the story comes from the story comes really uh, as an echo of that event that happened two years before Shelley had that nightmare and now if anybody wants uh, to ask a question or to make a comment this is a good time because otherwise I will move to another stage or part of our uh, show any calls any questions any comments anybody cares <laughs> anyway I don't I'm not getting any calls so I will take you now to, into quite a different direction I want to remind you of what we did uh, last week and that is we started now working through six pillar of well-being our um, and that is our moral and spiritual beliefs and in fact I gave you an exercise called into the gap or joining the mind of God unfortunately I did not receive any comments and any feedback from you I uh, I would love to get feedback because it's an exercise you know uh, when you do an imagery exercise in a journey is a very subjective experience so people those who I don't know how many people join me on this journey but when people go through the experience uh, they some of people need feedback need to understanding of what they actually experienced uh, but nobody had any questions but nobody I uh, wrote any comments either so I don't know if this exercise 
have any impact on you, ladies and gentlemen, if, and I don't know how many people participated. But I would like, I prepared as part of this sixth pillar, I prepared a number of exercises. As I said, I did not create these exercises. Most of six exercises come from my studies of Kabbalah with Zev Ben Shimon Halevi and my reading of a Kabbalist also, uh, David Cooper, by David Cooper. He had a whole series of exercises exploring our spiritual reality. So today I want to take you through yet another experience called the Heavenly Academy. The Heavenly Academy. Uh, for many centuries, the Hebrew visionary tradition has emphasized the notion of the Heavenly Academy. According to this concept, the greatest sages of all humanity inhabit this realm of paradise, or heaven, whatever you call it. There is a state of existence transcendent, transcendent of time, space, and filled with the radiance beyond any comprehension. They, these entities, these spirits, continue to explore the secrets of creation and the mysteries of the universe. In this dwelling, celestial dwelling, we are told by sages, such dazzling souls as Abraham and Seth, Elijah and Isaiah and Moses converse and uh, interact in close harmony of intellect, motion, Many virtuous souls reside there, uh, not only uh, from Hebrew uh, lineage, and liberated from the earthly constraints, together all dwell in this ecstasy uh, that helped them to further their knowledge of the worlds upon the worlds. As Saint Teresa of Avila wrote, there are many rooms in my father's castle. And that's the dwellings that I, I believe she was talking about, because she was uh, a, a person of such high uh, level, spiritual level, that I believe that she had access to those realms while being alive. There are communities of souls uh, which work together jointly on different aspects of growing. Now you are in to embark, those of you who want to participate, I'm talking to you, those who want to go through this exercise, you are in to embark on the, this important journey to reach the Heavenly Academy. So what is the mission? The mission is to receive the sages' guidance on how you can best grow in wisdom. With their supernal qualities, the sages are aware of your coming. Now, how are they aware of your coming? Simply because right now I'm talking about it. Remember, and you will say, what, they bother <laughs> paying attention to Peter Resney guiding some group of people who are listeners of PRN.live? Absolutely. 
it's not that they bother and therefore their whole attention is only on us. They can be in many places at the same time. Remember, the mind is not limited. Our intellect is limited. The mind of the soul is limitless. The soul can be in many places at the same time. I, I told you once already, I believe I told you maybe a couple of shows ago, so when, when my mother died and uh, I was building uh, a baby gate and my nephew called me and told me that, you know, my, your mother said you mismeasured. So she was like letting me know that she is with me. She sees that I mismeasured building the gate. And I just realized that I mismeasured and the gate was not fitting. So, and in amazement, I said to Vlad, so is she here with me? And he said, of course, she's with you and she's with me and she's everywhere. So that was kind of the first time we're talking about 1999 when my mother died. So uh, that's when the first time I actually experienced how it is the soul can be in many places at the same time. But uh, this, this enormous souls, powerful souls or highly vibration souls, they can be with us and everywhere else and c converse, communicate with with many people, with thousands of people, I would probably say, at the same time. So they know that you are coming and they know if you decide to do this exercise, they understand you are sincere about you in your aspirations for higher development. So they they know you well, and they uh, welcome your visit. So you will be permitted to ask three questions in the Heavenly Academy. Each question will relate to your present life. Their responses will help guide and strengthen your sense of personal direction. So if any of you are questioning, am I on the right path? Am I doing what I was intended to do? This is the time to go into this uh, journey, on this journey. You may think of a specific figure you wish you would meet. Uh, it can be Abraham or Jesus or St. Francis of Assisi, or Buddha, or Rabbi Balsam Tor, or St. Teresa of Avila. Because remember, all those souls are there, available at any moment. So, get ready, sit comfortably. Before we start, uh, you, if anybody wants to make a call regarding this exercise that we're to do, not only about, about that, no, nothing else. Or if you need to go to the bathroom, because it may take a little time. It's not a 15-30 seconds exercise. Do it now. I'm taking a pause. I didn't disappear. I'm taking a sip of my wonderful ginger tea. Uh, I'm pausing because uh, if somebody does need to go to the bathroom, 
you got to go. <laughs> what is it, the expression? Uh, you got to go, you got to go, what is it? Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh, so sit comfortably in your chair. Preferably it's a chair with a straight back and the arms. Why? Because then you sit in what is called uh, pharaoh position. When your arms on the arms chair, uh, arms of the chair, your chest is open, so you breathe uh, better. You have higher, better supply of oxygen to your brain, so you're alert. Because I don't want you to get hypnotized. I want you to be high alert. I want you to be not in alpha state, like when you lie down and you relax. But I want you to be in theta state, where you are highly conscious, not of me, I will still guiding you, will be guiding you, but of your inner experience. And so close your eyes and breathe out gently. Long, slow exhalations, nice and easy inhalations. Breathing out twice as slow as breathing in. And when you feel ready, be aware of your consciousness. Now, how can you be aware of your consciousness? Be aware of your brain, because your brain is a physical apparatus that receives your consciousness. And then it goes through your whole body. So be aware of listening to me now. And now, let your consciousness move up to the top of your head. Be aware of yourself being at the top of your head, right under the skull. You can sense it, or you can see it, you can feel it, whatever it is. It's a totally subjective experience. And now, through the act of will, move your consciousness through the skull upward, out of your body, and see or sense a big white cloud up there stretching from east to west. Keep going up. And as you go through the cloud, be aware of being completely surrounded by this whiteness of the cloud. And then you go through the cloud and come out on the other side. You are in a perfect blue sky. But you continue going up. And all the way up, there you see an endless black cloud stretching from east to west. You're getting closer and closer to that black cloud. My voice goes with you. You feel safe. You keep going. 
through the black cloud. Now you are entering that black cloud and moving through it, you are surrounded by total darkness. But you have a sense of moving up and higher and higher. Till you finally come out on the other side into a perfect whiteness. Possibly it's whiteness that you have never seen before. Nothing but whiteness. And now even the whiteness begins to fade away. And as it does, you find yourself in a place you have never been before. It is a place of your destination. Look around. What do you see? You arrive to the place where the heavenly academy is. Does anybody meet you there? What do you see around you? Are you being taken somewhere? Where? Notice your surroundings. And now you are brought by entities or by some energy that is invisible in front of a person or persons. Do you recognize anybody? Now it is time for you to offer your first question. But wait, just be aware who is or what is in front of you. I do not know your experience. I do not know what is going on now with you. Know that you are safe. Be there. Acknowledge if you recognize anyone or anything. And now you are ready to ask your first question. What specific knowledge do you need to acquire in your current circumstances? This is your first question. What specific knowledge do you need to acquire in your current circumstances? The sages or whoever is meeting you may wish to direct you to read certain books, study certain material, or in a less intellectual way, gain certain insights about your life that you do not possess. They may give you this knowledge. They may communicate this to you through words or through the mind. The response of the Heavenly Academy may be reassuring or surprising, except whatever it is.
now. If you are ready, you ask your second question. How are you to acquire that knowledge? Remember the first one. What knowledge you need. Now you want to know, you want an advice, how you are to acquire that knowledge. The sages may direct you to a special person or group. Or to a definite field of study or performance. The advice may be more general. Or they may simply point you to toward a certain path that requires your exploration. Take it all in. And if you are ready, now you can present your third and final question. What aspects of your current knowledge and talents are you not expressing properly or allowing to be unused? What aspects of your current knowledge or your talents are you not expressing properly or allowing to be unused? Remember, the sages always considered it vital that we fully actualize all that we are, all our potentials, and become all that we can be. So what is it that you are not utilizing, not exploring about yourself? They may point your attention to matters that you have recognized for some time, or they may bring your awareness to attributes you have hardly thought of. Listen carefully. Take in every thought, every advice, And now offer your gratitude to the Heavenly Academy for this guidance. When you have done so, feel your inner self begin to sturdily descend through all the spaces you travel through to get to this Heavenly Academy. You're pulled back into the whiteness, going back 
down, going through the blackness, dark cloud, coming out on the other side to the blue sky, and from the blue sky into the white cloud. and then out of the white cloud, going all the way down till you safely and harmoniously arrive to your room. Go through the ceiling, and now you become aware of you sitting in your chair, pause just above the top of your head, and then slowly go into the body through the top of your head. Merge with your normal being when you are ready. Open your eyes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, usually uh, when I do this exercise with, and it's a series of exercises, at least 12 or 15, uh, exploring the spiritual world. Um, I, I usually, or in the past, have done it with groups uh, in person, so the people give feedback right away, uh, or ask questions or share with their experience. If you have an opportunity and you don't mind, please, please, please call now. Call and share with your experience. And the number is 888-874-4888. I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to know what you been through. Uh, I have no idea. I will know at the end of the show how many people listen to the show, but I have no idea how many people participated in the exercise. So if anybody wants to uh, my feedback, or uh, to hear my feedback, or to share, just to give us a gift and, and call and share with your experience, this is the right time to call. Uh, so, uh, I hope you learned what you needed to learn on this journey. You can take a little rest and think about your experience, or you may even want to write down uh, your impression about the experience, what has transpired. Okay. Those of you who participated, thank you for your participation. Uh, and I don't see anybody calling, so you're welcome to write an email to me if you and share with your experience. We have still uh, 10 minutes of the show, so I'm, I'm thinking what I want to do with this time. Uh, unless I get some calls. Maybe maybe I entertain you uh, with something. I hear I have here a little story. You know, I surf uh, faced 
Facebook periodically because I have a lot of a lot of very different people uh, what you call it friends so they're not my personal friends but a lot of people some personal friends and some people who somehow um, I befriended uh, on Facebook so I have like three or four hundred people and they all post you know when they post something um, it appears uh, on my homepage. So from there, I take some stories, which like I scan maybe once or twice a week. And sometimes people post quite interesting stories. So here is a little story that I uh, enjoyed reading. Uh, and no, this I saved it because I know that um, my listeners are middle-aged people which means it's people who are 40, 50 and up and 60 and 70 and 80. In fact, I know somebody who wrote to me and said, I am 84 years old. So uh, here is the story. An Airbus is on its way across Atlantic. It flies consistently at 500 miles per hour at 30,000 feet, when suddenly a fighter jet jet appears. The pilot of the fighter jet slows down, flies alongside the Airbus, and greets the pilot of the passenger plane by radio. Airbus, boring flight, isn't it? Now have a look here. He rolls his jet, jet on its back, accelerates, breaks through the sound barrier, rises rapidly to a dazzling height, and then swoops down almost to the sea level. He loops back next to the Airbus and us. Well, how was that? The Airbus pilot answers, very impressive. But watch this. I see somebody called. I will finish the story and I will answer the question person's call. So the Airbus pilot answers, very impressive, but watch this. The jet pilot pilot watches the Airbus, but nothing happens. It continues to fly straight at the same speed. After 15 minutes, the Airbus pilot radios. Well, how was that? Confused, the jet pilot asks, what did you do? The Airbus pilot laughs and says, I got up, stretched my legs, walked back to the back of the aircraft to use the washroom, then got a cup of coffee and had a pastry. The moral of the story is when you are young, speed and adrenaline seem to be great. But as you get older and wiser, you learn that comfort and peace are more important. <laughs> Personally, I arrived to this point. And now we have Greg from Calgary. Oh, Greg from Calgary. We spoke to him last week. Wonderful. Uh, we'll take Greg's call. Greg, you're on the air. Welcome. Thanks, Dr. Resnick. I wanted to, I did the, the exercise with you. Uh-huh. Right. And right. Uh, this exercise but, of having yeah, the company? Yeah, 
Okay, okay. Well, I just wanted to say, okay, I did, I was able to see where I was, but there was, like, no, nobody there or anything. I didn't feel anything of anybody there. Um, you know, I just was kind of walking around in, in like, a forest almost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all I kind of felt. Yeah, yeah. But thank, thank you very much. Oh, I'm so happy you called. Greg, thank yeah. you for sharing. You know, I have to say, let's say in a group of 15 people, I would say four or five people would say report what you reported. And and then uh, the rest of people would, would uh, half would say, uh, I spoke to specific people, half would say, I heard the voice, I didn't see somebody. It depends on where you are, where you are emotionally, and where you are uh, with the ability to do this kind of imagery. Uh, remember this, I don't know, Greg, if you went with me through, through many exercises that I did with people in the past, because you really have to, to, to have the experience. This, this is kind of the top, high, call okay. it high-tech exercises. Uh, usually, I, I, I give these exercises to people who went through many different courses doing imagery. Okay. And I started exposing people to mental imagery, um, my listeners, two, if not two and a half years ago. So it's okay that you, you had that experience. It's okay. You can mm-hmm. still, if you remember the questions that I asked, you can still ask the same questions. Do you remember the questions? Yeah, I, I, well, I was kind of writing them down as you were asking them. That's probably not the best of the ways of approaching this, but um, Greg, yeah, I no, do have questions. That's why you didn't have the experience. You were not <laughs> supposed to write. You were supposed to go through it without interruption. The whole process is, you see, like I before we started asking questions, remember it was... I took at least 10 minutes guiding people to get to that place. Oh, yeah. not, then it's clear that why you didn't have the experience. You understand? <laughs> you should sure. have been writing. You understand? Okay. It's okay. I, then I will suggest this. Uh, tomorrow, probably, or the day, or a couple of days from now, you will be able to access this in archive, archives. Okay. And Take that part, get to the part where I take people through the experience and go through it again, now without writing anything. And you may have an experience. So so that's that's my answer. I, I, I have only three minutes left, but I want to ask you, Greg, I think I gave you some assignment to do something. You had a, last week, you had some challenge, and I told you, let me give you couple of exercises to start working on them. I don't remember specifically what exercises I gave you because I give every day so many to sure. many people. But did you... You did. You, um, you, you wanted me to go on to your website about um, speaking, having uh, confidence in speaking in public? Yes. Did you go on the website? I, 
I did. I couldn't find the course you were talking about, but I did. You also mentioned like to write things down that I wanted to speak right. about. Right to work on the material to know exactly what you want to say. But also, exactly. did I teach you something about the breathing? Yeah, the five uh, in breath and the nine exhale. Right, right. So have you been practicing it? I have, yes. And, and I do notice a, a definitely difference in my, I guess you would say, anxiety or stress or whatever. Greg, you called it. You Listen, man, you called it. You called us. You are calling the yeah. second time, so you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Making progress. Right, right. Now, you know, I'm looking forward to you calling and telling us jokes and being relaxed and telling us how how you're progressing. Next time, I have really don't have much time now, but yeah, next time, if you call, I will prepare more exercises for you uh, okay. for, for dealing with uh, challenges in pub public speaking. But for now, as still, you prepare... Uh, get yourself a situ in situations where you need to speak up when it's with new people deliberately create situations s go to some lecture where you have an opportunity to, to speak up and do this breathing but first you write a question that you want to ask uh, and okay. you need to practice the only way you will really master it is if you keep practicing Greg, again, thank you very much for calling. Uh, call next week, and um, we have, I have to say goodbye to you because I have to say goodbye to everybody. Okay, thanks for calling, Greg. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, our show is coming to an end now. Already almost did. I want to wish you a wonderful week. Look forward to speaking to you next week. And enjoy your life. Be happy. Peace to all who want to live in peace. Adelante, get up, to the beat, adelante, to the beat, ay, segunda. Come on, baby, here it, take it, move it, keep it, move it, rumba. Adelante, get up, to the beat, adelante, to the beat, ay, segunda.